is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. What's going on, everybody? Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets here alongside my main man, Ant Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. This is short-term high-volatility investments. We're making money, or at least trying to. Ant, how's it going? We're trying, trying right from the Super Bowl right to the next one. Never, never a day you can't find something. You can't find a short-term high-volatility investment in the market, right? Amen, man. Amen. And, you know, short-term high-volatility investments. This is episode one. This is, you know, we had the pilot last week. Went pretty well, pretty stoked about it. But let's let's yeah. dive into that for a second. You know, where did we come up with that name? How did we land there? Uh, anecdotally, I dropped it once. Uh, I was at my girlfriend's house meeting her parents for the first time. I was on my phone, perhaps a little too much, a little too antsy. And they said, hey, what's going on over there? And I said, oh, just checking in on my short-term high volatility investments. And they all of a sudden thought I was, uh, you know, an avid investor, you know, very financially sound, all that good stuff. Not family family was, material. You just exactly. might have made <laughs> So next thing you know, you know, her father's like, well, what type of high, high volatility investments are we looking at here? And I said, you know what, we'll save that conversation for another time. Anyway, we've got a pretty exciting slate to chat about here. Super Bowl reaction, some way too Super Bowl futures, an amazing Twitter Q&A section that I think actually has zero questions. So we'll save that for next, next week. It was impressive feedback in the, in the sphere. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got some thoughts on Saturday's uh, Saturday's rematch of the of the Nets versus uh, the Warriors. So pretty pumped on that. A couple sides, angles, a couple player props we like. Uh, and moving forward, you know, we want to hone in on the games you guys are looking at. This is going to be NBA. This is going to be CBB. This is going to be MLB come April 1st. Uh, and, you know, we're just two cool dudes that love sports, that love data. Uh, and if we get those two, more often than not, we're finding profits. So, and kick it over to you right now. Super Bowl reaction, including the parade. That's our uh, number one topic here. Tom Brady, as good as a drinker as he used to be. What do you think? I think he needs to go back into practice. He got away from uh, Bill Belichick. He needs to get a little bit more up to speed. But hey, impressive from the GOAT, right? I think my favorite part was obviously we have to address the man through the Lombardi and was even able to complete that pass. Props to the GOAT. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, I saw it from the one angle where, I, I mean, my heart was racing. You didn't think it was getting there, right? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. A couple too many shots of avocado. Now, who was on the other side? Was that Gronk? It was I couldn't think really a crowd of guys, yeah. And it didn't really seem like, you know, when you're throwing a ball into, into congestion like that, you know, we saw against the Packers, you know, in the uh, NFC championship game, second half congestion equals interceptions. I thought that thing was going to land at the bottom of the Tampa Bay Harbor or whatever body of water they were in. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully it didn't. How did you make out in terms of uh, Super Bowl bets? What were your yeah, I think it's funny if I went back and listened to the, the audio and the video from this, the pilot that we did together, I, I, I laid out a pretty good starting script. I said, I'm not going to bet at pregame. I said, I'm going to wait until the Bucks inevitably go up and the Chiefs go down, and then I'm going to hammer the Chiefs, and that's what I did. But you know what happened? The Chiefs never came back. That right. was the problem. Yeah, so, you, you know, I, do. I, I enjoyed the game. I think it was great to see Tampa really put together a phenomenal game script, something I think you probably had a little bit more of a handle on with the angles you took from a, a, a betting perspective. I wish it would have been closer. I wish Kansas City would have tightened it up just from a fan perspective. But uh, betting-wise, I, I tried to steer a little bit clear and just tried to enjoy the game and was hoping for more, you know, frankly. Yeah, it was it was surprising, honestly. You know, we've seen the Chiefs, you know, have lackluster efforts, but never for a full game. There's always that, you know, that 10 minute period where they just flip it on, score that 21 points like they did in the Super Bowl last year. But uh, I don't know, I guess the offensive line woes were were bigger than people thought. And yeah, uh, some pretty timely drops, you know, for somebody who was on the Bucks plus three and a half as well as the Bucks money line. My biggest regret 
uh, was backing Ronald Jones on a touchdown score. Oh my instead God. Of, instead of Mr. Stuffed. Playoff Lenny. Well, I had Lenny as well. I took yeah. them both and Rojo getting stuffed on back-to-back plays on the inch line. That was like plus 300. So that would have been a nice right. hit, but uh, we did get plus 400 two times the game before with Cameron Braid and Scotty Miller. Yeah. The only other regret I had Braid to score two touchdowns plus 2,500 took the wrong tight end, but you know, directionally we were there. We were looking for opportunity. We we're looking for positions that were going to pop and and they did. So anyway, man, what do we think about next season? You got any, uh, way so too think, early uh, NFL futures? I think you gotta, you gotta look and at least find the value. I mean, you could, you could be hitting the home run like Tampa Bay last year because you almost want to get these things, obviously tough to gauge in the market, a true gamble, maybe like we've talked about before versus a short-term high volatility investment, um, you know, with a little bit more data backing it. But if you got Tampa earlier before the Tom Brady news, those odds change significantly, right? Once Brady Mm -hmm. signs in Tampa and lands there. So I think some spots to look, you know, just looking at those way too early NFL futures, these are not things I'm betting things to keep an eye on. Um, You know, is you might want to try to track where Deshaun Watson is going to end up, right? If he goes to Miami, a uh, playoff ready team, a good coaching staff, a good organization. Flores has really proved well, uh, you know, in that organization, building it up. The defense looks really solid. Tua looked out match last year. You swap out Deshaun Watson. Is that a, a Super Bowl contender on day one? Because then those odds move quickly. Right now, I think they're sitting around plus 2,500. So a good number, you know, in the middle of the pack. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's potentially the first time in a decade that somebody has said that Miami is a well-run organization. Good to see the tide turning quite literally down uh, in South beach there. You know, I think what's super interesting for me, you know, the same conversation last night, somebody was like, wait, too early. I said the bucks and they're like, Oh, well, what a, what a, what a jackass take. And I'm like, well, uh, let's talk about it for a second. You know, the chiefs don't have the defense to hang as we clearly saw potentially the offensive line as well. Exactly. So, I mean, if they can pull back everybody on this squad and, and you know, at the, the post-game rally there or when everybody was boozed up, you know, Arians kept coming on the mic saying, oh, he'll be back. I'm sure the GM loved that. But something that I thought was super, super interesting, bringing this back to a bit of a data point here, is if you look at the stats of Tom Brady this year, regular season, first year with a new program, you know, on the wrong side of 40, as most analysts would say. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats last year, first year with a new coach as well, the Brady Rogers stats of last year and this year, almost identical. Let's look at what Aaron Rodgers did year two. Oh, you uh, mean a little more the engaged MVP? You mean? Yes, exactly. And good for him getting engaged. Yes. You know, I know he had a big fallout with uh, Danica Patrick and right. whatnot. And he recovered from quickly, her go daddy days. I was a big fan, <laughs> even though she never got that NASCAR title. But I think it's super interesting. You know, if we give Brady another year with this system, you know, they were sputtering early season and they were thriving at the end of the season, you know, with a preseason, with another year, with all these guys back. I think they're going to be dangerous and you can get them at plus. So what is it? 900 right now? Not even the favorites. Yeah. Obviously a Kansas lot can City happen in the season. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think that would be, uh, you know, something I would, I would entertain. I'd put a little more thought to that, uh, especially with the, the Tom Brady potential improvement. Well, one but, other wrinkle there too, I think on the Brady piece and just building on that is the last Super Bowl champ to repeat was the 2003, 2004 New England Patriots led by Tom Brady. So maybe he gets back there first, you know? Yeah. Amen, dude. And the fact that he gets the Super Bowl at a higher percentage rate uh, in terms of overall seasons to appearances than Steph Curry hits threes, I think it's 47% versus 43%. Uh, I mean, that's a mind-numbing stat. Not even blowing. We've already blown our minds. At this point, it's it's numbing out. Um, (laughs) That's incredible. So, uh, you know, I guess we've got a lot of time here to, to mull over the NFL because it's only February. 
keep that content coming. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move it around here. We, on, the, on our itinerary here, we did have again that Twitter Q and A section. Very disappointing uh, performance. Yeah, but I, you gambling know. Twitter, you didn't show up for us, but it's only week two. That's okay. Uh, I will plug one thing here, Ann, if that's okay with you. I'm, I'm down. Any, any content? Obviously, today is Thursday. We're recording tomorrow is Friday when it's coming out, and we just had the ten year anniversary of Rebecca Black's Friday. I was blown away last night. I didn't realize that she at 13 years old with 150 million YouTube views being labeled the worst song of all time would be able to one rebound from all the bullying and two become a legit recording artist. I stumbled upon her Instagram page last night. She's a grown woman to say the least. And, and moving from there, next thing you know, I'm listening to Rebecca Black on, on Spotify. You're in the vortex related, at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the void. I'm deep down a rabbit hole. I hit related artists, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Heidi Montag. I click her. Next thing you know, I'm listening to, to Brooke Hogan featuring Paul Wall produced by Scott Storch. And that was when my buddy who I haven't talked to in about five years, kid I played lacrosse with at Tough Slacks text me and goes, I see you on that Heidi Montag shit. I'm like, my man, my man. Uh, so just a little anecdote of last night and then how, how weird it truly got. Gotta, you gotta love it. I mean, when you sent me that text, I, I couldn't believe it. I ended up kind of going down a, not, not as deep, but into the same void. Cause I had to explore it. I had to figure it out. I couldn't believe one, she was 13 when all that happened and how long ago that was now. And, uh, you know, she's come a long way. Yeah. Uh, a poor man's Lena Del Rey is, I think is what the, uh, the world is saying. If she can get right. those vocals just a little more strong and she's a great vocalist, don't get me wrong, but I'm putting Lena on, on that, that elite level. I think Rebecca can get there with a couple more years of practice. But now, one other thing I wanted to ask you is what are you doing? You know, Valentine's day sports, everything colliding this weekend. How do you balance that from a high, you know, short-term high volatility investment standpoint? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a tough one, right? I hope there's not many, many games on Sunday. Thank God we don't have football to be. Right. Court, court, that would be a clash. Maybe that's that. why the schedule gods give us that, that way, you know, Valentine's day happens post Super Bowl. I think that's an important cutoff. Yeah. And you know, Valentine's day, a bit of a hallmark, uh, hallmark, uh, you know, holiday here. I'm going out to dinner with my girl, which should be great. You know, it's not going to be nearly as big of a mistake two or three years ago. Uh, booked a trip to Jamaica during the first weekend of March Madness, um, which was brutal with my significant other at the time. Um, so needless to say, usually I take those two days off to sit on That's the couch. That Thursday and Friday is a, is a phenomenal, you know, day to yeah, just so enjoy it all, right? Play a little basketball in the morning, maybe get out there like we used to do. And then yeah, 9 a.m. mimosas the into a 12 p.m. 12, uh, 12 p.m. tip. Yeah, we'll yeah so I'm excited around. for that. We're definitely going to do a lot of content around the tournament. I think Jeff, you've been super successful, uh, really digging into college basketball in past years, especially tournament time. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Amen, man. And you as a married man with kids, how are you navigating Valentine's day? It's, you know, just, just trying to make it a priority and, and hoping that somebody raises their hands and says they want to watch the kids. So if you're out there, Amen. <laughs> come help. Casting call coming yeah. right after this episode <laughs> to free up ant on Valentine's day weekend. There you go. Anyway, man, let's dive into the NBA here. You know, yeah. Great, great Nets versus Warriors opening night rematch scheduled for this Saturday. Um, you know, we believe what KD should be back. Should be back. Should be the first game back off the COVID protocol. He wasn't sick, you know, was in close contact, started playing a game, got pulled out of said game. And then he had a, he had a quarantine, I guess, for lack of a better term for a week or so. So he's kind of following the protocol and this should be uh, his entry back in the Nets have struggled a little bit without him. 
Yeah. How do you think the Nets are, are currently navigating their big three? You know, for me being kind of a props guy, this NBA system uh, season, excuse me, I've had a hard time kind of locking in on who's going to go off on any given night. It seems arbitrary. And uh, other than me betting Joe Harris, who then decides to go ice cold, you know, I've been, I've been relatively unprofitable betting, betting on the Nets. I think it's been tough. I, I think they, you could probably count on one hand the number of games they've even played with all three of them. So mm-hmm. even against the Warriors, assuming Kyrie uh, and Harden stay in the lineup and Durant does come back, I think you're still looking at a lot of those question marks. You know, I think it's one of the reasons with the matchups, um, especially against Golden State, I might be, to- you know, targeting the the total here a little bit, which we'll we'll get into and talk about. But have you done anything matchup wise with those three to kind of key in on on things differently, or you're just kind of wait and see, and you're going to target other areas? Yeah, other than the fact that the three of them collectively are terrible at defending inside the paint, I have, yes. I've taken no uh, no affirmative action on them. Uh, have only gone to to fade the paint. I think that's what we'll do uh, again this weekend. But you know, we know those two, these two teams here. Obviously, opening night game, you know, rather lackluster. It was minus seven five, seven point five for Brooklyn. They won by twenty six. How much stock are you putting into that game uh, when you handicap this one? Not a ton. I mean, I think it'll be an interesting data point to see where the lines open up. Obviously, we don't have those today. But like you said, they were seven and a half point favorite. You know, they blew them out. I think the total will probably be a better indicator uh, to see what they do, because that total sat around 234 and it went under at, at 224. So, you know, even in the blowout, which probably contributes to that and some of the garbage time that, that came with late in the game, it'll be interesting to see where the lines makers set that line on the total, because these teams have also offensively changed themselves and probably defensively too for the you know to, to, to a lesser degree um so i think you may see that total skyrocket or probably stay pretty close to where it was uh which i think will be telling spread wise I, i'm not putting a ton of of, of, Kate, of credence in it yeah i think that makes sense i think that's a really good point you know when a, when a game goes 10 points under if we come back and we get another spread or another total around 234 that's Vegas showing strength that the first game I think was the outlier. The second game, you know, when it's high, go higher. Uh, obviously Draymond Green brings a, a bit of a defensive presence for, uh, for this Warriors team that they didn't have in the first game. But nonetheless, you know, who's he even going to match up on? He'd be on KD maybe, you know, he's, KD big is, and- he's really going to have to guard a lot of those fours and fives in this lineup. Cause you figured Deandre in, and I don't think he's been out there a lot in crunch time. He's not going to be that mm-hmm. crunch time guy even earlier in the year when Jared Allen was playing really well and a young kid that I, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, you know, truthfully liked a ton. He was getting those crunch time minutes and he was getting those spark minutes, right? DeAndre was starting the game. That was a bit more of a formality. Um, So I think that's going to be a struggle for the Nets against teams like that. Luckily you don't have the traditional bigs in golden state either. You have more of a Wiseman, um, you know, uh, Draymond combo. So it does make it a little bit interesting, but I think you're right. It's probably a little bit more of a KD matchup, maybe some DeAndre matchups. Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting for sure. A lot of question marks, not too many answers right now. You got any, any plays on that? Uh, you know, what line do you need it to be uh, for you to, to find, you know, think you, we've got an edge. I think if that total sitting in the, in the low to mid to even high two thirties, um, you know, I, I think it is something I'll grab. Uh, if it dips below that, which I don't anticipate it happening, I think it may be an under or stay away on the total. The other big spot that I'm looking at, and again, It'll have to come out. You assume the Nets will be favored. So on a two, you know, 40 line, if the Nets are, are, are slightly favored, a team total that somewhere sits, you know, maybe in the 120 range um, is probably something I'll grab. The Nets have gone under their team total in their last four games, which is not where they were trending a lot earlier in the year. But again, that was with a 
healthy KD or even the games where it was all three of them playing. You know, they weren't playing defensive. So that's why you could target the total overall. But the Nets team total in particular, because I think they match up well against this Golden State team too. Golden State doesn't defend uh, the three very well. Uh, they rank in the bottom of the of the NBA in some of those statistics. So I think that team total, right, especially off that trend of, you know, they didn't get there in the four, the first game of those four that I mentioned because that was the game Durant was in and out. They ended up losing to the Raptors. And then they've rattled off um, – three straight unders against their team total. So I think that one may pop a little bit, you know, they're, they played last night being uh, Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. So they're going to also be off till Saturday. So you should have some fresh legs. You should have Durant back. Uh, you should have more of that scoring punch. So I think that's the angle, you know, I'm looking at from a, from a kind of a sides or totals perspective. Love it. Love it. All sounds good. Yeah. I've honed in on a couple, a couple spots as well. And, you know, looking at, um, you know, what we've been doing or what I've been doing with, with props is essentially looking for opportunity. I've been using three opponent, three point percentage and opponent points and paint rankings uh, as my proxy. I've only been looking to bet against teams that are either in the top five against defending them or in the bottom five uh, against, uh, I guess, defending them as well. So either the best or the worst, either a fade or a, or a, or a play, uh, and there's two interesting spots, I think, in this one. Here we've got Golden State. Uh, their paint players, I think, are going to be good. Brooklyn here is 29th in the league uh, in terms of overall opponent points in the paint. Uh, looking specifically at position defense from hashtag basketball.com, uh, we see that the the Nets here are also in the bottom 50 rank, uh, which essentially is the worst of the worst against the centers, specifically allowing 24.1 points per game uh, to that combined position. So uh, what I'm looking for here, I think Wiseman is a, is going to be a fun bet. Obviously we don't have lines yet for him, but you know, he's averaging 4.2 twos per game, 0.5 threes per game. So that's perfect. That obviously aligns that he's getting most of his points somewhere near the paint. And, and that's the type of ratio that I'm really looking for again on that opportunity side. You know, my biggest concern there, I think his minutes have been a little inconsistent with Draymond. Yeah, I think they pulled him back a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, I think he was in the 25 range, but you know, his last 10 games, he's still averaging 20.2 minutes. So, uh, assuming his line, I, I'm looking for it in in anything. I would say over 11, 11 and a half is, is where I want it to be. His lines have been averaging between nine and a half and 12 and a half, and I think it should be higher than lower here. I think it's lower. It's a, it's a no play, but I think it's in the 11 and a half, even 12, 12 and a half range. Telling, right? that, that's showing strength that he he should pop. Uh, and again, I want to follow that. And I think Draymond could be an interesting play as well. After center power forward is Brooklyn's uh, number two weakness here. Uh, according again to hashtag basketball.com, they're in the bottom 50. And, you know, Draymond points, I think is is tough, but I think his points, rebounds and assists could be a good play there. Yeah, I like the way you looked like at that and, and, and package that because he's a guy that stuffs the stat sheet, right? Especially now, I think you've seen him go off a bit of an offensive cliff. He's not shooting threes anymore he's not attempting them so i think there's even cases where he looks like he's just willing to to pass and kind of pass on the shot attempt but he's everywhere else on the court you know and he's still going to be getting those minutes yeah exactly man i think that's a, a great play we obviously we don't again don't have any numbers yet but i think the combo play there uh knowing that he's going to get a lot of run i mean i would love to see him and wiseman on the court at the same time maybe get a couple assists from draymond over to uh well let's have a missed shot Do some double dipping right. he gets his own rebound yeah. and then he dishes it to wiseman for two so we're who getting... was the uh who was it was it larry hughes who missed uh shot on purpose to try and get a rebound to get a triple double Epic, I believe. Epic. It, it might I don't know. I love that. I have to go back, 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 back. 
that, that happened. Yeah. Something like that happened. I love um, it, man. No, I, I think th- those, those spots that you mentioned, you know, speak a lot of strength to what I was saying. And some of like golden state is a little bit better defensively overall. You know, when you look at defensive efficiency compared to Brooklyn, but the surprising thing for me when I was digging into this before the podcast a little bit was uh, Brooklyn is actually a little bit better at defending the the three. Um, mm-hmm. so you can tell where they're getting beat up, um, in, in these spots and it, it's definitely in the paint inside. Cause they're, they're still giving up a ton of points. So. Yeah. hundred percent, man. A great point there. You know, I think last, last call out here of, of things I'm going to be targeting on Saturday, I'm looking to fade Brooklyn's paint for sure. Uh, golden state is currently ranked six in terms of opponent points per paint from team rankings.com. Uh, and they're number 28 in the top 50 specifically against the center position. Um, where they're middle 50 in, in terms of all other positions. So they really do a good job of locking down centers here. Um, so, you know, as going back to kind of what we talked about originally, you know, the, you know, Harden, Kyrie, uh, Kevin debate here, just not knowing who's going to go off, who's going to take not their shots. Will, will Kyrie go off for, for another 28 attempts, leaving my guy Joe Harris to only have six? Uh, I don't know. I know. I know. I'm still losing sleep over that one. But uh, it's the only spot I'm looking at fade here specifically again. The big man. I'm looking to fade DeAndre Jordan in this game. He only had four points in his first game. Obviously, that was before we had any of this data, but good to see that it kind of aligns that the the, the, the Warriors are indeed great against the paint there. Um, if anything under, I, I'm looking for the nine, the line to be around nine, nine and a half for me. Uh, his last 10, um, that would be under his average of his last 10 games. Um, he's averaging... Uh, you know, again, 3.12s per game, hardly any threes, um, obviously. Uh, so I, I think a nine, nine and a half would be low enough for me to show that Vegas is is expecting a lackluster performance uh, and we'll look to make a play there. So obviously follow us both on Twitter. <laughs> we'll have some plays this weekend. They'll be out. They'll be out. Um, but if we had any more lines and, you know, thinking about the Q&A section, you know, if you guys want us to hone in on specific games at any point, that would be the time. Uh, you know, not looking for questions on, hey, Jeff, what kind of product did you put in your hair today? But perhaps, you know, what do you think about the Warriors and the Nets game this weekend? So we will uh, take just, uh, uh, more proposal engagement related questions about Aaron Rodgers, though. That's, that's yes. Fine. Amen. Proposal engagements, bachelorette thoughts, bachelor yes. thoughts, uh, current trends. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on anything you want us to touch on. Um, this might not be the answers you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And as of right now, I'm treating that Q&A section as uh, if a question is asked, we will read it. We will address it uh if that gets too out of hand then so be it and we'll, we'll reevaluate but uh we're having some fun on short-term high volatility investments uh we got our green jeans on we're trying to make some money and any uh any last thoughts here to close us out no i'll be i'll be looking forward to watching this game on saturday night like i said uh, uh i am a nets fan it's been fun to watch the evolution of the team i would like to see them all on the court at the same time um so got that and just you know looking forward to a to a good weekend but follow us both on twitter you know we're doing a ton on there um you know analysis sometimes the picks, sometimes a little banter, you know, whatever you guys need, we got it. Amen, brother. Uh, that's Ant Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. Old Man Who Bets. We're uh, spinning up some short-term high volatility investments for you. Cheers to the weekend, baby. Let's get some hot uh, hot beers and some cold bets. Just kidding, cold beers, hot bets. Uh, let's get some tickets. Thanks for listening as always. Cheers all. Thank you. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.